to episode number 67 of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you create a happy home and refine your apartment lifestyle. My name is Bettina Deda. I'm passionate about color, interiors and anything and everything around design. I also love uh, bringing you interesting information and inspiring interview partners through my podcast show. Before we start today um, with our special guest, I would like to say a big thank you to all our listeners from all over the world. As the statistics show, the majority um, tunes in from the US and Australia, followed by the UK, Canada, New Zealand, Ecuador, Germany, Italy and Japan. So downsizing is a topic that's relevant all over the world. Thanks so much for listening and uh, please spread the word with your friends if you think others might be interested interested in listening as well. If you have a minute, I would appreciate if you could go on iTunes and leave us a rating or review because this will help promote the show. Over the past 18 months, I have interviewed many, many guests who gave you lots of interesting advice and heaps of free tips. And this leads me straight to my um, interview partner for today, Naomi Findlay. Naomi is an entrepreneur and author, the CEO of Silk Home and the principal and founder of the International Institute of Home Staging. She specializes in teaching people how to sell their home for more or renovate for profit. When she contacted me recently, I thought her expertise would be a valuable addition to the show. So we are going to talk about the importance of styling and decorating a home that you love, especially after downsizing. When most people have to let go of many beloved items and things and start from scratch, mixing and matching what they already have and what they need to suit their apartment lifestyle. So welcome, Naomi. How are you? Oh, thank you so much. I am very, very well and I'm thrilled to um, be on the podcast with you today. Fantastic. Before we dive deeper in our topic for today, which is styling your home to live in, I thought I'd take the chance and ask you about your three top tips for empty nesters who are just planning to get started with their downsizing project. And of course, most people have to sell their property then. Absolutely. Um, so my three top tips, I guess, <laughs> off the bat for anyone who's looking to sell for downsizing would be to first do your research. Make sure that you're um, very versed in where your property sits in the market and that will greatly inform you about what you need to do to your property to make it stand out in the current market. Because often when we've lived in a home for a really long time, and I'm certainly guilty of this, um, you, you have a few blinkers on and so it's really important to do your research about where your property sits in the market. The second one um, is around decluttering. We know we need to depersonalize our home. However, one thing that I'm seeing happen more and more is that people go too far. So my second top tip would be don't declutter to the point of ripping the soul out of the home. Yeah. Um, and the third top tip for anyone about to start is have an action plan. Have an action plan drawn up and take bite-sized chunks off it at each time. Don't try and eat the elephant all in one go because it could seem so overwhelming that you just make the decision to stop. So they'd be my three top tips. Fantastic. Thank you. Very close to my heart what you just mentioned. I'm a big planner and a fan of, of project plans and, and having Yay. an idea where to go. And also you mentioned the first uh, the, the, the word of decluttering. That's also the first thing I wanted to talk about. Um, 
Perfect. So it's a never ending topic, as we all know, and most people just hate it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Usually when I when I uh, do a talk and, and talk about decluttering, people are oh, not their heads, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of this it's always hard to yeah, to make the first step. And there are heaps of approaches and tips and strategies and whatever you can do to get started. Um, I like what you just said with that de- not to declutter the soul out of the home. That's really interesting. Maybe we could elaborate a bit more on that. Absolutely. Look, every 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 week we would our team would certainly visit a property that people have done the right thing and taken taken on a, an amazing declutter mission, but at the same time they've actually gone too far. Mm. So what they've done is they've removed what I see as the innate soul of the home Mm -hmm. and soul of the property. So it's a really fine line to find. It's a line between depersonalizing it enough so that the new buyer can connect or um, decluttering it enough that it doesn't cause visual stress or distraction to someone who's viewing the property. But at the same time, when someone goes too far, it then feels like an empty shell. It feels like somebody has already left. And so there's a real fine, and it's not a line, it's a band, to be honest with you. It's a zone of, of um, I guess, being decluttered mm. that people can sit within. But when they go too far beyond the, the edge of that zone, it ends mm. up being the point where now I'm just really honest with people. I'm like, okay, you've done the most amazing job, but we just need to bring a bit of it back. So can you, you know, and it might be things like, can you bring back your book um, boxes of books? Because that's a great way to add texture and soul back into a home. Yeah. Um, so that's that I, that's something that I'm seeing more and more. As as you said, there's stuff about decluttering everywhere, um, and so and lots of people are actually great at doing it, but not knowing when to stop is where they struggle. That's really interesting because it just reminded me of a house inspection we did a few years ago here in Sydney when we were looking for a property and I was we were in a it was an older house we were in that house and I really liked that you could see like some of the collections of the owners you know what they did and I think the lady she did sewing or something she had this little craft room with all the fabrics and stuff and I loved that I thought it was a bit cluttered you know it was full of stuff so to speak her work things but it was not untidy it was just full of different things but I loved that I thought ah there's someone creative living here you know (laughs) like so um it I I this is I think yeah I really liked it and it also um I always try to tell my clients they that they, um, when they declutter, they, or basically every house has this soul, what you call, and this is all in these personal things. And they, yeah, they can leave some of the things there to show what they liked. You know, if they have a collection of whatever, China or something, they don't have to mm-hmm. throw everything out. So Absolutely. that's really, that's an interesting point. So do you have any, um, like, with the decluttering approach do you give also tips on how to actually physically get started like saying or start in that room or with that method absolutely or, um yeah. one of the things that we have a we have a declutter boot camp which we we love doing mm. um and what we do there is it's about identifying the um what the resistance is yeah and about identifying which is going to be the easiest path forward just like with water or electricity um, it flows much quicker and much easier when it's uninhibited 
And so it's about working on a space or even sometimes when people are really resistant to them, I, I say, okay, let's do your bathroom vanity. Let's just start with not even a whole room. Let's start with one part of one room. Mm. And it's about completing the process all the way to the end because there's nothing worse than someone when I say all the way to the end, I mean, so one thing that I get people to do is have boxes yeah. and we have labels for the boxes and the labels are, you know, to keep, to yeah. clean, to throw, charity or whatever they might be and, mm. and we help you work through those. Um, but one part that's really important is decluttering isn't moving stuff from one space to another. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, isn't, yeah. it isn't emptying the, yeah. the buffet in the dining room onto the dining table to sit for a couple of weeks. Or it's, into the garage. And exactly. close the doors. <laughs> no. <laughs> so those boxes need to be they need to be sealed up. Yeah. And within I think my rule is within forty eight hours they need to have left the house to go to wherever the label says on it. Exactly. And and I think yeah. that's the big thing. It's about not trying to under not saying I'm going to declutter my entire house in two days. Yeah. Because it, it's just it's a very yeah. difficult process. Yeah. Um yeah. and so, you know, my, my biggest tip would be bite-sized chunks, identify why and where the resistance is. Mm. Um and get support to help combat that. Yeah. Um, and then make sure you complete. So we have a declutter dash. So our declutter dashes are 15 minutes long. Um, and it's amazing if you are focused yeah. um, what you can do in 15 minutes. Yeah. This is another thing I always tell people. If they can manage or if they manage to establish a routine to get uh -huh. things going. I, I just did that last year. I um, had this, um, I decided to scan some of my photographs yes. because I had this collection of this box yes. with a random stuff, you know, and photos. And, and I thought, oh, God, this is really. So I, I kind of went, I did it for, I can't remember, four or five or six weeks or so. Every day I, I put my, my, on my computer, I put a little um, reminder on my calendar. So it made ding at five yes. o'clock or something. And yes. then I started just not thinking, I just left everything and started scanning photos or important documents. You can do it with anything for 15 minutes. And then I stopped and did it the next day. And this is amazing how much, how many photos you can scan, you know, if you do In it that minutes. way. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point. It's something that I subscribe to greatly and I love that you brought it up, that sometimes we don't give enough weight and priority to things in our home as we do to other appointments. Mm. So, for example, what you've effectively done is made an appointment with yourself yeah. to prioritize something in your home and you would never be late for an appointment that you have with someone else yeah, and, exactly. or you would never can it or, or cancel it. Mm. So effectively you're doing the same and prioritizing yeah. the environment you live in, which is awesome. Yeah, it's like it's the same I always say with the decluttering that people have to commit to it yeah, and then schedule it and do it as well. So this scheduling thing, and I always say, put a time in your calendar and treat it as an important appointment, like yes. with the doctor. And don't just say, oh, that's only decluttering, so we leave that out for yes. today. So this is the thing. And But it's all, it comes also back to basically what you make a priority. Everyone yes. has the same 24 hours. And if, yes, and totally. This, yeah, and this is the thing. If it's at them in this stage of life, like with the, it's not. It's not that it's for the next ten years. You know, it's this sort of you have to declutter. You have to get ready for the downsizing move, and in that time now, it's really important to make that a priority, and then leave other things out, and and do this fifteen minutes or whatever half an hour or on the weekends or whatever time, and yeah. 
This is, um, I think that's a really important. And if you get these routines established, then you will, it will gain momentum at some point and people reach, reach a result as well. So, yeah. Oh, and, well. and also, you get to see you get to see as you move along a result each time you do it. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you would have got to see your pile of photos get smaller and smaller, which is motivating. Yeah, exactly. And then I know now it's all digital. <laughs> I did the same with old um, these old VHS video cassettes. Ah, you know the little ones. Yeah. Oh my god! This was like we we had in Germany when the kids, my kids were babies and really young we did all these my husband bought this video camera and we did this video thing and and then we came here and even before we never looked at that and the the technology is is old now you know no one uses that anymore so and then we had this box sitting with these 16 little video cassette things and I said and no one watched them anymore and I said to my husband look what are we going to do with that this is just sitting there and nothing is happening and how can we keep or preserve the content of these videos and then my husband I know what we I'm sorting that out we're putting that on a a, a little hard drive so he bought something and then we managed worked out how it works so we kind of ran the video cassettes connected it with the computer and then we transferred the whole thing on that digitally on that um um, little hard drive thing and now Ah. we can now we can look at it every time you know we want it's and it's it's in a format that is usable with your laptop even you just put it on the laptop it's like a USB yeah and this was another thing because it all these cassette you know like the content was an hour or longer so I had 16 hours basically or whatever so I just did this again I said every day I I just switch put one on and then I was like doing other stuff and watching it and and uh, but now we have it all on the and you don't form. have the clutter around your home either. Yeah, and we, we yeah, and we got rid of these other the box with that stuff and the video camera is gone and so so it's just this is just little examples, but yeah. I think it makes a massive difference though. Yeah, it makes it yeah. achievable and it makes it yeah. um, there's less, I guess, <clears throat> resistance to starting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so maybe we move on to another point because yeah, decluttering is always never <laughs> you could talk hours about that. Um, yeah, so home styling, styling your home to live in. Um, let's look at this topic from the perspective of someone who has downsized already, Yes, moved into an apartment and now basically sitting there with all this furniture and the pieces they took. And so it's maybe a selection of things they especially like. And, um, now what now, you know? <laughs> Side of we were moving in, and it's like oh, we're trying to get everything sorted, and hopefully they have a had a plan, and everything is fitting. <laughs> this is the other this other big topic it because is, people it? move too much stuff; they don't work out beforehand. And that's one of my favorite exercise space planning to work out so that on moving day there's no stress. So let's say they've done all that, and it's all working, but now so. How do we now complement what we have? And as I mentioned before, it's often furniture from houses is not suitable for apartments or smaller spaces. So I try to encourage people to take some feature or hero pieces or things they really like and then work around them and try and mix and match and make it really personal home. 
Yeah, look, so, I think the, the biggest, um, you're right, the biggest thing that we see with people that are downsizing or moving to a newer space, um, and especially if it is that little bit smaller, that sometimes the scale mm. of their furniture doesn't work in the new place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in an ideal world, we'd say, well, if the scale doesn't work, let's look at getting a new piece for there. But not everyone has that luxury. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important for me to note that when we're downsizing to a smaller space, it doesn't mean that you put you always have to put less in it. So I'm, for example, in a living room, I'm a massive fan of always having a coffee table and always having a side table. And so when people move to a smaller space, it isn't always about um, omitting these parts. It's Mm. about finding one that fits. Mm. And so when you're looking to take across your, um, your, uh, your furniture from your previous property, it's about working out... How am I going to be able to integrate it? So, for example, you may have these like amazing Moran lounges that you've had forever and you absolutely love them, but they're a little out of scale for the space. But the investment that you made in them, you want to take them with you, um, which I completely understand. However, you then maybe need to say, well, I don't want to give up my side table and I don't want to give up a table lamp having that. However, um, to be able to do that, I need to find a smaller scale version of my current side table. Um, Mm. So I think that's really important. I think it's also important the things that when you're decluttering before you actually move is to identify the things that truly resonate with you that are, I guess, your muse because it's so important that we have them through your new home. Yeah. So I think that one way you can pull the bigger pieces together from going from a larger plan style to an apartment style is by one, looking at the smaller, maybe more affordable items to scale down slightly so you can still use your larger pieces. And the second one would be pulling it together with textiles. Mm. Mm -hmm. So... I think that there's a great opportunity to um, refresh a space and pull a space together with, for example, rugs, curtains and cushions um, and maybe some um, art to help bring together what is often a mix of what used to be in many, many rooms. Yeah. Um, Before we go into that that topic, I just want to go one step back. You mentioned what you just said with um, finding, for example, a smaller table. Yes. So you have that side table too big, finding a smaller one. So are you saying that people then should sell their, their table and just try and find the similar style smaller? or what yeah. Do, yeah. Or even I think that it's important because every client that I see that's in this sort of situation, they're very aware that they can't take all of their old furniture with them because mm. it literally won't fit. Yeah. And so it's important, as you would have already discussed with your wonderful audience, about identifying which are the ones that you really want to stay. Yeah. So in that example, it's maybe the amazing Leather Moran Lounge. And so instead of saying, I need to do without my side table because it won't fit or I can't have a coffee table because it won't fit, they're essential elements to an amazing lived-in functional living room. And so instead of saying, I can't have that, you just say, wow, I'm going to take these big pieces because I've identified they're my staples, I love them, they have value, they have sentimentality Mm. um, and they will fit but I'm going to sell or I'm going to swap um, and I'm going to get a smaller scale of of what I, either what I already have 
or something that will complement the style of the existing pieces. Because mm, mm. I know, yeah, sorry, I, yeah. it's very much. Um, I think there's been a big mentality shift over the generations. I know I grew up with everything having to match. <laughs> so, you know, everything had to match. So my bedsides had to match my tall boy, which had to match the bedhead. Yeah. And I think it's really important um, when downsizing because there's been a shift in that mentality. And yeah. I've had, you know, I've obviously had to work hard of it from when I was a little girl. Um that everything doesn't need to match, that there's such a vast um, there's such a vast amount of stock available to people nowadays that yeah. you could you could easily integrate pieces um, that are available to be purchased now um, that that won't be offensive to say a more traditional space. Exactly. And that but that is also the challenge at the same time because because there is so much available people are yes. overwhelmed yes. they don't know where to start looking they run from shop to shop and just keep turning and not, not buying anything or buying random stuff because they have enough of going every saturday shopping yes, yes. but this is all and this comes then back to first of all people like us who help yes. other people get that ready get that right and yes. also um having a plan and this is my um in, in, in my book, Downsize with Style, I have these all these checklists. Um, they are actually not in the book. They are in the, on the website to download, but connected to the book. And they, it's this, this working with these lists. And I have yes. three of my lists. They are really, I like them. The one is basically the inventories of what do I have and then what do I need and what do I want. So the what do I need list exactly. is the shopping list. And the what do I want is the dream big list where yes. you put stuff like, oh, I always wanted this designer chair. Uh, yes. Maybe I can't afford it right now, but I'm going to save for it or whatever. You know, you put it on yes. everything that you – and this this helps to get – sort sort your, out your ideas and, and, and not having this list and you can use them as shopping guide, you know, and you know what you want before you go and, uh, yeah. And I guess one really good way, which I encourage everyone to do, whether it's electronically in a Word document, whether it's on a Pinterest board or whether it's literally with photos and magazine reports, to see whether you feel the yeah. things that you're going to be supplementing um, your existing <clears throat> furniture with, take some photos of the stuff you're taking across with you, stick them into a scrapbook if you want to do it in hard yeah. copy and then yeah. rip stuff out of magazines and sit it next yeah. to it. Yeah, and start yeah. to build a really rudimentary picture of what the space might look like if you did bring in some of these supplementary or complementary items. Yeah, yeah. fantastic um, 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 remark. It's it's all about mood boards and style boards. I'm a yeah. big fan of them. It's it's, just, it's all the same idea, whatever you call it. If you put it in a yes. book, or a, it's about finding your style and yeah, finding out what you actually like and. Yeah, and this is a great way. You can also do tear sheet exercises, buy some magazines and correct, correct, rip out Absolutely. all the pages or cut out things and then just collect it. And this also helps people again, like you and me. If someone says, "Ah, oh, look, that's we want to, we need that," and I've actually looked at some things and I like that, and then um, I can then say, "Okay, I can help you finding that." And some correct. of the things. Um, um, we can source a wholesale only so people don't even get there you know and then you yes. can and, and I then say okay I can pass on savings to you as well yes. so if I get it for wholesale price and you know and it's sometimes yeah but um, I think there's also it's still 
a long way because most people, or I find it, they are really hesitant. They they want to do everything their, themselves and find their stuff by themselves. But it's, it's sometimes it takes a while, and then at some point they say, "Oh no, can you help me?" Because I Absolutely. I don't know really where to get it from. Or yeah. And especially um, shopping online is yeah. wonderful, but it can be fraught with danger when it comes to scale, proportion, yeah. size. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because what you think may look fantastic yeah. um, online, you get it and it's twice the size or half the size. Yeah. Um, you know, so it can be fraught with danger. So I think I'm always a fan of, um, you know, people trying to do as much as they can themselves if they choose, yeah. but being conscious that sometimes you can save so much time which is money um in getting some help yeah exactly fantastic yeah so um maybe yeah textiles you mentioned it we we left that um textiles and yeah and textures that's also a great it's a great way of knitting a space together i find and that was a bit of a pun wasn't it knitting a space together with textiles um (laughs) i didn't mean it like that but it is sounds good um but it does really help Often I find it can really help um, bring a space together. So bringing yeah. a space together to for there to be a congruence or congruent theme across um, different pieces in a room, that can mm. be a great way to do it for downsizers. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, I think, um, for example, if people have a lot of art, yes, artworks or prints or whatever, um, this can be and, – and, this is actually another challenge. I'm just working with a client. They have lots of very beautiful paintings and prints and stuff. And yes. they moved from this big house into an apartment. And um, we were discussing that. And I said, you need some hanging um, devices here because you don't yes. want to have all the holes. In it. And I said, just, I said to them, you use prioritize the one works that you really like and put them out first and maybe after six months you could change around a bit you know like absolutely. because you can have so a rotating many, yeah you can have a rotating art gallery absolutely exactly. and the other thing because that's the, the thing they have beautiful artwork some are really colorful so I said look that's a great way to start you know you, you could if that's in the living area these works blah blah with the red or the blue or whatever it is we could use the colors, you know, in cushions or try and find a rug that sort of reflects these the style or the pattern or something. So it's, yeah, it's it's always... It's about good. finding an element to bring it together. <clears throat> yeah, and, and a starting point as well. So it could yes. be an artwork or maybe someone has a beautiful vase or a, an object or something and then that could be used at, as a starting point and... Absolutely. It's the jumping off point, I call it, Mm. when you find the jumping off point that you decide to have everything, um, I guess, circling around it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, we have so many things to talk about. (laughs) I'm just looking at my – maybe we just um, hop to the question. That's another interesting one. Bathrooms in apartments. yes. I always rough, aren't they? Yeah, the thing is, and this is what I always find, even in brand new developments, brand new apartments, the bathrooms look so boring and so dull and always beige. Very, very often very clinical, aren't (laughs) they? Maybe a bit lighter or darker beige (laughs) and a bit brown. Um, So, yeah, and I think, oh, God, this is like – so. And it's, I mean, a bathroom, you can't just rip out the tiles or so. It's, no, it's a, or hang, hang a, put a few cushions in the bathroom. It's a, so what, 
is what what would be your tips there to spruce up a bland bathroom? So my tips would be think about bringing in elements. So mm. an elements would either be a timber, a metal, a stone. And, and what that does is it adds, well, one, it adds a natural element to the space and two, it adds a different texture, yeah. but it's a texture that's bathroom friendly. Yeah. So that would be my first protocol. My second protocol would be that most, even in new apartments, most of bathrooms have appalling lighting. <laughs> and so the lighting is purely functional, um, mm. often fluorescent and cold. Yeah. So one way you can really soften and make a bathroom very inviting is obviously within the specifications of safety with electrical and water zones, look at changing out your lighting, whether this is sconce lighting around a mirror, whether this is a pendant over a vanity or a low-voltage pendant over a bath, whatever it might be, mm. look at your lighting. Or it could even be just that you have strip lighting up underneath your vanity. So when you want to have a lovely, relaxing bath, at night yeah. you could have the strip lighting on which would light the floor and give you enough ambiance to have a relaxing bath so that's my tip number two for that and the second one and I talk about plants a lot but there's a lot of research around the um, use of plants in interiors and having a plant in your bathroom is one surefire way to bring life in bring mm. an abundant feel in and also um, bring in that soft textured feel that you're often missing in a bathroom mm. and also the green color it's if it's just a greenery or something it's yeah. nice because it brings a bit of color and it's it's calming it's a nice absolutely yeah, it decreases yeah. your blood pressure there's a pile of reasons to use yeah. them and often plants thrive in bathrooms yeah <laughs> it yeah it need it depends but if you have yeah you have to if there's no window um i'm not sure how that um you have to do you have any experience with that yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, I'll actually, I should email you some so you can put them in your show notes. Yeah, why not? A little list of plants. There's a pile of ferns that absolutely yeah. hate sunlight. Okay, so you um, could have them in a... Absolutely. And I actually have um, in our property, our, our I guess it's our, our, our kids' chill-out zone. It's in the centre of the home and it actually has no windows directly going into it. Mm. And there's a plant in there, and I'll, I'll email you the name of it, um, that only survives in that room. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, interesting. yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, see. And, I mean, I have another tip. Just put the humble candle in your bathroom. Yes. <laughs> that is another thing. I mean, if you have these... Um, down lights, let's say, in the bathroom, yes, which yes. illuminate the whole room. And then if you want to have a bath, I, I sometimes do that. I just put a candle or two candles, yes. you know, on the bench or something, and then it's nice, you know. It's, it's, it's because cool. otherwise the down lights and the um, three-in-ones, they often um, just flood the bathroom. Yeah, And yeah. they don't allow any softness or it's texture a, yeah, at all. Yeah. I did, but we, um, if you get the new LED Yes. lights they are quite good there's warm light and you can change yes. the temperature so that's quite good but often i mean standard a lot of houses have still the standard yes. down lights yeah anyway so that's great so textures elements plants lighting fantastic whole oh, load of right. tips for people to spruce up the bathroom fantastic absolutely um storage was another thing i got <laughs> this is like <laughs> we could talk about 10,000 things Oh, we could. Importance we? of so storage. Important. Yeah. Maybe a few words. Look, I think the main thing, um, storage, 
I can't stress storage enough because of the impact that it has on you personally. Yeah. Um, so when people are downsizing, they sometimes struggle with maintaining a reasonable level of clutter and style in their property because they've bought so much to it. Um, so there's a couple of things, I guess, here. Um, it's important that the storage is functional. So I'm a big believer in zoning. I'm a big believer that um, if something is stored where it is used, close to that, mm. and a toothbrush is a great example. So um, we don't store our toothbrushes in our kitchen because if we stored them in our kitchen, they constantly live somewhere random because we'd never we'd never take the time often to walk our toothbrush back from the bathroom to where it lived in the kitchen. Mm. So the reason our toothbrushes often live in the correct place is they're zoned and stored exactly around where we're using them. Yeah. And so it's really important when you're thinking about your storage to not decide if you have the choice, not decide, for example, to store the iron in the linen press when you're always going to be ironing in the second bedroom. Because yeah. as a general rule, it will always end up living out on the ironing board in the second bedroom because it's greater resistance to go put it away. Mm, so mm. with storage, I guess my biggest tip one would be to make sure you think about the location of where you're storing things. It can be really hard to do that when you first move in because it's kind of a crazy day. Um, but take some time when you're unpacking to really think about zoning where you store things. Yeah. And the second thing would be, and it's a little bit left of field, but off-site storage units are so affordable nowadays. So off-site sites or storage units you can sometimes pick up in Australia for like $30 a month. Um, and that can be great for things like the Christmas tree that you bring out once a year mm. or, or the Easter decorations or, as you were saying before, about if someone has so much art that they decide to rotate it. Yeah. And so that can be a really great thing um, that people can do and it's so, so affordable and it can just make storing items that you really don't want to be crushed or damaged in a really safe, secure, dry environment um, that you can have access to at any time. Mm -hmm. But this is also, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit, um, I've, how do you say that? <laughs> With that ex uh, external storage, that is yep. a bit of a tricky thing because it can be. It yes. can be quickly if you say it's only thirty dollars a month. But if then people are say, "Oh yeah, put, oh, I, I don't have to declutter that because I just put it in that storage." Because I've heard people who pay hundreds of dollars a month, yes. so and then they, you know what I mean. You have to then <laughs> maybe say, "Okay, I'm not spending more than fifty dollars a month on that external storage exactly. thing," and it, and this exactly. limits the size of the space that I get. Correct. It's not so, a it's not at a get out of jail clause for being able to not declutter. Ex exactly. It absolutely defeats the entire purpose of it. Really. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is why I'm always saying don't try to say, oh, yeah, we don't have to do that. We just take – because people spend thousands of dollars for this external – and then they never go there. And it's it's not things like they would take out because often they don't even know anymore what's in that storage because yes. it's just um, – Yes, and it's not about if, if they haven't opened it in 18 months, then yeah. it needs to go in the bin. Yeah, exactly. So that's a sort of a, it's only for what you said, yeah, it's things that you actually take out every year at a certain time or what Christmas exactly. or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, and, and the other thing is what I just found, <laughs> I'm, I've just been designing um, 
custom-made storage units for yes. this apartment I was just talking about uh-huh. because a, a brand new apartment there's there's storage walk-in wardrobe and yes. floor it's not enough it's it's not enough so I've been you know I've been drawing up like in a in a second bedroom like wall storage around a yes. wall bed and so so that's another thing there's always the option um to have something built in a space in a corner and for example in that in that one apartment there is a little corner which is actually nothing you can do nothing with but we found it's a great for a shoe cabinet so we're just absolutely and it's about thinking about your storage in a different way to what you're used to in a bigger home and about looking at all any spaces that are unused and how you can convert them to great storage yeah and i think that's especially in an apartment that's really important it's so important isn't it yeah yeah um yeah maybe oh god we're going really well here um maybe one um just that one other aspect here, but improving your well-being at home. That, that's yes. something nice. I mean, I have here, I mean, we, we answered the question already, why people should invest time and money in styling their home after moving. Yes. And so that we mentioned all the things. And But it's really that well-being aspect. I think that's a really important one, which some, sometimes people don't think about it, that their well-being is actually dependent on how they arrange their things in their oh, home. Oh, I and, could not agree with you more. I'm yeah. a massive believer in space medicine and and it's not new. Ontological design and environmental psychology has been around for centuries. And yeah. um, it is, there's, it's becoming more and more popular to discuss now and people are paying much more attention to it. Um, but our spaces shape us and we shape them. So yeah. it's effectively the hand that is designing the hand. Um, There's also a lot of medical research around um, how the colours, the light, the temperature, the plants, all those things actually have clinical physiological effects on our body. Mm. They affect our blood pressure. They affect our cortisone levels. They affect a pile of things. And feeling, being able to feel relaxed at home and centred in your space that you're spending most of your time in um, is a true gift to your physical health and your mental health. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it certainly needs to be considered. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this, is, and this is a thing, I've, a few years ago I met um, someone at my book talk at a, when I launched my book in, that, in 2014, yes. and then I... A few a while later, I the lady asked me to come to her apartment and so on. Uh-huh. And it was a tiny space, but it was full of stuff. Not full of stuff, full of things. You know, her yes. furniture. And then she sort of and I said, "Oh my god!" When I came in, I can't breathe in here. And she then said to me, oh, "I'm not feeling well. You know, I need to do." And I thought, "Oh, that's no, no wonder. wonder." But it's this. <laughs> but it's that the thing is. So obviously, that feeling was not strong enough to make her finally make a decision and get rid of some of the things you know she or maybe she was not aware that's actually how she furnished the whole thing that that's what made her not feeling well so it's this is a really important thing so it's really really important and and it shouldn't be undervalued yeah yeah so I mean for me it's a lot about really about yeah trying to of course, declutter and, and not having too many objects that don't fit in the space, but also finding the right things and having your personal things around you if it's 
whatever I think that is central. Yeah. I think it's so important to have your muse around you. Yeah, whatever. Some people have artwork, others have collections of whatever. But it's and this is a, another thing I found in my talks or when I did presentations. People often hide their most precious things in boxes and drawers for years and years. And then why why do you don't you take it out and just display it on a shelf? Yes, it's this, yes. and then you make. On the, at the same time, space in that cupboard or in that drawer. Absolutely. You know? it's, it's, a, this, it's a win-win all yeah, round, yeah. isn't it? So that's, I think, um, maybe to close that interview off, that's a nice um, a final um, um, I agree. point to, to really look after. And, I mean, this is, I think, all about what you are doing as well with your medicine series. This Space yes. Medicine is about helping people um, feel better in their, in their spaces. Oh, and it's so essential. And I think um, you mentioned also, I put that in the show notes, there was a link where people can download something or join something. Um, Absolutely. So there's um, naomifinlay.com forward slash space medicine series. Yeah. Um, and they can get onto a free video series, which is all about space medicine. Yeah. See, uh, we put that link in the notes and then people can have a look at that. Sounds great. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention while we're talking about all that, I started a new Facebook group called Bettina Data on Downsizing, which is a public group. And this is actually a place for empty nesters and families of empty nesters who want to de discuss things and um, anything and everything around downsizing, basically. Um, so what we kind of said, decluttering storage, well-being, how to spruce up a room, etc. And so... Um, yeah, everyone can hop on Facebook and just um, click on joining the group and then I will um, let them in. And um, it's called Bettina Data on Downsizing. Yeah, so that leads us to the end of our conversation for today. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, we just said, I just repeat, um, your website. Um, where can people find you generally if they want to have a look? At naomifinlay.com Naomi is a great place to start. Wonderful. Um, as far as I am concerned, um, you can find me on um, www.downsizewithstyle.com or on my business website, bdcolordesign.net.au. I'm also on Twitter at bdcolordesign. Are you on Twitter, Naomi? Absolutely. I'm the Naomi Finlay on Twitter, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. Okay, and Pinterest we mentioned. Um, I hope our listeners all know what Pinterest is. I've talked about that in one of the previous podcast shows. So it's an online uh -huh. pin board. It's a great way to get inspiration. Um, I'm there at, on, um, you find me under BD Color Design. And you, Naomi, I saw you have boards as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I will actually have to get that to you because I don't know my, my Pinterest handle off by heart. That's quite oh, cool, isn't it? Yeah, well, but it's on your website. I saw that. Absolutely. So if people it's on my go website. there, yeah, you can get to all of it straight from there. Yeah, wonderful. All righty. So um, to wrap up the show, um, thanks again for being on the show, and um, I think it was a great um, interview. It's great fun. Thank you. And um, if for all the listeners, um, if you would like to get some downsizing advice and you don't know how to start, visit my website, downsizewithstyle.com. There are different links about things that I do, workshops, and also you can book a phone consultation to get started. 
So that's all there. And again, I would really ask um, you the favor, if you have a minute, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed um, the show today and um, you found it valuable. And I, um, I wish you a great time until we speak next time. Bye. Bye.